And now, another timely and powerful message from Pastor Emmanuel Williams and Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee. For generations, God's people have turned to Psalm 91 to comfort and encourage. This morning, I'll be teaching on the topic, The Secret Place. I believe it's important for our generation to understand not only how to know God, but how to access the power with God. The scripture declares, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the almighty. Psalms 91 was written, some author says, by an unknown author. Others say that it was written by David. However, it reminds us that putting our trust and our confidence in God, we will be secured. Psalms 91 and also Deuteronomy 7, 12, 24. These promises were made to the Israelites as part of the old covenant. And they were condition of Israel's faithfulness to God. They are about God. The disciplinary judgment and those who are unfaithful to him. And as long as, as long as Israel remained faithful to God, made him their dwelling or refuge. And that he would protect us. But Psalm 91 is a promise of favor and protection to those who dwell in the secret place of the Most High. And we're going to expound about what is the secret place. Psalms 91 14 says, Because he has set his love upon us, therefore will I deliver him and I will set him on high because he has known my name. How many of us can testify that God knows our name? And that is only for those who dwell there. Not visit there, but dwell there. This is talking about an abiding in Christ. John 15, 4 says, Abide in me as I in you. And as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in me. No one can he except abide in me. So this is speaking of all those who make their Lord their habitation. A person cannot be born again without abiding in Christ. Abiding in Christ gives us an entrance into the protection of God. And when I talk about abiding in God, I'm talking about being in fellowship in God, having a relationship with God. And that is very important for us. Psalm 91 applies to us. How does Psalm 91 apply to us? We should study it in light of John 15. And we said about abiding in Christ. And Jesus teaching us about abiding with him. Having a personal relationship with him. John 15 is to the New Testament believers as Psalm 91 was to God's people under the old covenant. We should study Psalm 91 in light of the promises that God has made for us. I know it's the start of the year and sometimes when we move a different year, it seems like we are having that same feeling. It's like nothing has moved except a date, a time. 
But what God has said to me is that if we are just abide in him, and we're going to talk a little about that, and the specific promises of Psalms 91, its principles our goal is to give us something whereas we can say that we can rest in him because he is our refuge and we need not to live in fear or danger for God is always and is always with us Amen. the scripture said that the new covenant is established promises how many of you know that we have a better promises because of the new covenant we are no longer we are under grace and i know sometimes it's hard for us to comprehend that because i had a i was mm, i had a very hard time comprehending that god can actually forgive my past sins but you see when you embrace god you realize that you're no longer under the law you're under grace whereas israel was promised God's conditional protection. We had promised God unconditional presence. Under the old covenant, the people had to dwell in God. Under the new covenant, God dwells in us. There's a difference. I'll say that again. Under the Old Testament, the old covenant, the people had to dwell in God. Under the new covenant, God dwells in us. So there's no comparison. That's a great comparison. So when you feel insecure and need God's protection, please always remember Psalms 91. God always wants to draw us near to him. And our text says that he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge, my fortress, my God, in him will I trust. And the promises of these Psalms apply exclusively to those who draw near to God and live in his holy presence. The Lord dwelleth in the Hebrew is the same as Yashab. And when I looked it up in our English, it says, to abide, to reside, to live, to have life as an organism, to dwell in happiness. Now dwelleth is all King James Version for present continuous. So one dwells plenty and continuous. It says whoever dwells in the secret place, the secret place is your hiding place. It's a place where we can be concealed and covered in spite of what's going on around us. We can be secured. Psalm 17, 8 said, Keep me as the apple of your eyes and hide me under the shadow of thy wings. The psalmist identified the secret place as under God's wings in verse 4. He said he shall cover me with his feathers and under his wings shall Cheryl trust. His truth shall be Cheryl, shield and buckler. Before I go any further, I just want to remind you that we are in a leap year. And leap years are traditionally known to people as year when there are misfortunes, 
accidents, death. I know you all have heard it because I have heard it. Some believers believe it as well. But we believe we have a promise of deliverance from God and from God as we continue to abide in his presence. And the Bible says that no weapon formed will be able to prosper. So this image of Psalms 91.4 speaks of an image of protection and shelter but also of a closeness and an intimate relationship. But before we can rest in the security of God, we must continually draw near to him, live in close communion with him. Because of who God is in Psalms 1-2, it shows us that the word of the ways God has revealed to us is through his names. He said the psalmist repeated reference to God using different names in a distinct purpose. Each name reveals who God is to his people. For example, he said he's the most high, Elion. He's the highest, the supreme being, and owner of the universe. As such, he's all-powerful and cannot be overthrown. His name cuts every thread down to size. So I don't care what they're saying about the United States. We are going to get attacked. We always have to remember that he is what? The most high, Elion. The almighty Shaddai. He is sufficient for everything we need. He sustains us, he protects us, and he provides for us. The Lord is Yahweh, he's Jehovah. He's the faithful God who makes a covenant with us. And he does not lie, he always keeps his promise. My God, Eliam. Eliam emphasized the fullness and exceeding greatness of God's power. He, oh, who he is in our life. He knows us, he communes with us, and he cares for us on an individual level. Because he's our security in all things. Our refuge and our fortress. Because David understood who God is in his life. He was able to say in confidence that the Lord was his personal security. You know, sometimes we go places and we have a security guard here and a security guard here. But, you know, David stepped out and he said that God is his security. His refuge and his fortress. A refuge is a shelter from trouble or danger. A fortress is a safe, secure place that is in to the enemy in other words the enemy cannot enter your safe zone therefore the psalmist declared that he would continually trust in the Lord regardless of what circumstances he's facing he would fully depend on him for protection and security and he would faithfully run to him when threatened by dangers or trouble once again I want to emphasize God is all-powerful. He's the all-sufficient one. He's a faithful God. He's our refuge and he's our fortress. All that God is, his character, his attributes, is even more available to us today in the church age than it was to the people back then. Why? Because we are under a better covenant. 
While he dwells in us, his power does not work around us. He works in us. Now Ephesians 3.20 says, Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we may ask or think, according to the power. Where does it work? In us. Romans 8.11 say, But if the Spirit of God who raised Christ from the dead dwells, right dwells in us and he who raised from the dead will also give us life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who, what, who dwells in light of that we need to draw near to God and live in the fullness of his presence in every aspect of our lives simply stated we need to abide in Christ we have open access in God's presence. Great privilege secured by us by the blood of Jesus. Yes. However, we need to allow God's word to purify our hearts and our lives. We need to allow God's word to purify our hearts and our lives so we can live in his holy presence at all times. Amen. And I'm saying at all times. Because the Bible says again, abide in me. We talked about how the psalmist talked about a secret place. And John 15 talks about abiding in the vine. And as I was preparing, the Lord showed me some elements on how we can get access to the secret place. Which the psalmist talked about. So the secret place is a place of brokenness. Number one, the secret place is a place of brokenness. As communicated by Psalms 51, 17. David said, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart Oh God, thou will not despise. The first place of the evidence of a healthy secret place is not the anointed. It's brokenness. There are things that God will not allow to come back when you go into the secret room. Once you had that encounter with God, when you have that encounter that you have never had before, when you go into the secret place, you go into a place of nothingless. And God reveals who he is. We don't need power. We don't need a ministry. Not a sermon or impartation. You can look at a believer's life and see the sign of a healthy secret place if it's broken. Brokenness is part of humility. And, and I love David. David is a man whose life continues to aspire me. Yes. Now he was a shepherd boy, as you know. And after, who would know that David slept with another man's wife, Bathsheba, and murdered her husband. He was not perfect, like many of us are not perfect. Yet still, God said that he's a man after his own heart. 
Why does God say that he's a man after his own heart and some of us sin and ask God forgiveness and he has not said, this is a woman or a man after your own heart. Why? Because he had a sensitivity to sin that few knew. He knew about sin. And he knew how to come with a humble spirit, a broken, a contrite spirit. Psalms 139, 20 to 23 said, Search me, O Lord, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there are any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. Have you ever... Have you ever uh-huh. tell the Lord to search you? Yes. Go ahead. Go ahead. No here is like a man, an intimate relationship. Uh-huh. Like how I know my husband. Uh-huh. David invited the Lord to go beyond his words and deed. And to go in his thoughts. That's something serious to go in my thoughts. He wanted God to know his heart, uh-huh. his feelings, his intention and his motives. Along with that, David asked God to try. Oh my God, I don't think I've ever asked God to try me, but I'm going to try this year. Try or to test me him so that he could even know his thoughts. Most people, most of us have not prayed that way. There are things hidden in our memories, in our lives, habits, attitudes, ways. That we are scared to ask the Lord to deal with that. So we said, Lord, I repent, but not asking the Lord God to quench it away. What is it that I'm not abiding in you? So we should gladly pray this prayer and expose every thought and desire to God's scrutiny. There is a posture that can attract the presence of God. Have you ever come to a position where you are broken? When you come to the place of nothingness in your life and you are stripped from everything you have and all you can say is, Lord, I am here. Break me and mold me and fashion me. Change my ways. Change my attitude, Lord, and all I want is you. Then God can operate in you. A posture that can attract the presence of God. And I said today, God is saying to us to return to our first love. And start the process of loving him and spending time with him. As I was preparing the message, I was telling the Lord, Lord... Return to me to the place of brokenness. Right can be seen in my conversation and in my ways. And my daily interaction with others. Brokenness is something we don't want to hear. We only get broken when someone hurts us. But not broken for the intimacy with God. God cannot work in a proud, a pompous person. And someone that's been careless with their life. He wants us to be in that secret room. And it's difficult for God to ignore a broken person. It's difficult. It's difficult if I have done something to my husband that aches his heart. And I come remorseful and broken that he will not forgive me. Brokenness is something that we need. 
The strength of God never comes for strong people. It searches for weak areas in your life. When you make yourself available, it's not enough to be available. You must be usable. Because there are vessels of honor and some of dishonor. And it's not fasting. 2 Timothy 2, 21 say, If a man therefore purge himself from this, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use, and prepare unto every good work. Brokenness. Holiness is a part of brokenness. See, when you're broken, God can use you. You may not be perfect, but you're broken, and he can, understand, he can operate in that. Pride is something that will prevent us from getting into the secret place. Moses was a man who walked with God. He was very fretful. The Bible said he was the meekest man on the earth. Yet, Moses could not enter the promised land. Why? Because of pride. God told him to spit to the rock. And out of anger, he hid the rock, although he was justified. But God said, you will not enter the promised land like some people. It is not the sin that destroys man. It is the pride of an unbroken heart before God. It is not weakness and limitation that destroy man. It is the pride of an unbroken heart. You cannot come to God with a broken spirit. Mighty men of God were brought to their knees until they were broken. Nebuchadnezzar was brought to his knees until he was broken. Pharaoh was brought to his knees until he was broken. Jesus at Gethsemane was broken, but quickly brought him back because he said, never my will, but yours. Brokenness. Number two, the secret place is where we can find the mercy of God. The mercy of God are the things that some Christians don't talk about because normally when people think about the mercies of God, they think of adultery, fornication, your faith, or something like that. But there is mercy in the secret place. Psalms 86 5 says, For thou, Lord, art good and ready to forgive, plenteous in mercy unto all things that call upon thee. If you call upon the mercy of God, he will move beyond your faith level. If you call upon the mercy of God, he will move beyond everything you can ever think about. Mercy. So the secret place is where we can find the mercy of God. Lamentation 3.22 Lamentation 3.22 says It is the Lord's mercy that we are not consumed Because his compassion fails not This means even when I did not know the spiritual laws That kept me I still saw results that were not accounting to my knowledge Spiritually, I'm going to say that again. This means even when I did not know the spiritual laws that kept me, I still saw results that were not accounted to my knowledge spiritually. 
And now that I know that this is the law for these results, I'm wondering why I was getting the results anyways. Because by the time I start getting the results, I was not obeying the spiritual laws. I'm going to say that by the time you get to know that you were not obeying the spiritual laws, God still had mercy and compassion on you. Mercy. But the Bible says, because of my ignorance, I was able to provoke the ignorance of God. Psalms 25, 6 to 7. Remember, O Lord, thy tender mercies and thy loving kindness, for they have been ever of old. Mercy. Remember not the sins of my youth, it continues, nor my transgressions. According to the mercy, remember thou me for thy goodness sake, O Lord. Some of us, our parents did things way back then. God's mercy is protecting us. I thank God that he did not or has not hold anything against me. God's mercy. There are many people that are suffering the consequences of their youth. They did something very young. And they still have that guilt. Thank God for his mercy. Man did not forgive us. But God did. Number three. The secret place is where we can find rest and comfort. The secret place is a place where we can find rest and comfort. Psalms 27, 13 to 14 says, I have fainted unless I have believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage and he shall strengthen thy heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Every one of us have the potential to be disappointed by people. Disappointed in your marriage. Disappointed in ministry. Disappointment. I was talking to a minister the other day. And she was talking about how lonely sometimes the work that we do can sometimes become. But we understood that we need to find comfort in God. Because if we don't find comfort in God, we are going to find something else that's going to give us comfort. The television, something that's not contrary to God. Not just the, tele, the, the television, but we might do some things that give us comfort. Whereas our comfort is in God. The secret place. The secret place is not a place, and I'm going to describe it. We can come to pray every Tuesday. That's not your secret place. That's corporate prayer. See, when you have an encounter with God, and I'm talking about sitting in God's presence. Sometimes all you need is just a yogurt, some water, and the bathroom right next. See, you have to put down the phone. Click the television off. And make up in your mind that this is going to be me and God. And I'm not going to give up 
until when I see results. Please take time to meditate on the Word and let it sink into your heart and soul and mind today. Knowing that the Christian who meditates on the Word will be like a tree planted by the water, bringing forth fruit in its season and prospering in all that he does. But what if you aren't a Christian today? What if you don't know if you're bound for heaven as a forgiven child of God? If that's you, then let's take care of it right now if you're ready. Do you believe that Jesus died for your sins? Are you ready to be forgiven of your sins and washed clean and made new? Are you ready to begin your new life in Christ? Then turn to God right now and say, Lord, I love you. I need you. I repent of my sins. Lord, please forgive me and wash me clean. I receive your forgiveness right now as I put my faith in Jesus as my Savior. God, please lead me and teach me and show me how to live from now on. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And if you're looking for a good church family, you'll be welcomed with open arms at Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee, located at 4750 Capital Circle Southeast near Tram Road. Sunday school begins for all ages at 10 a.m. and the morning service begins at 11. And the Wednesday evening service begins at 7. This is a life-giving, multicultural, multi-generational church where people of all races, backgrounds, and walks of life come together to worship, to be inspired in their love for God, to develop relationships, and to be empowered to live out God's purpose for their lives. Find more information on their website, imitatorsofgodministries.com, or call the church, 850-408-8496.